One of my favorites in metal is The Burial, and the antidote is here with Elijah Mullins, vocalist for the band. Man, thanks for joining in. Hey, thanks for having me. We got to talk about you being married and your better half is here. Is it true that she cracks the whip on everything that you do? She she is very gracious with her whip cracking. It only comes when I get severely out of line. <laughs> and now we're going to ask your boss about the truth on that one. He's very correct. <laughs> and how does she feel about metal? Uh, it's one of those things she loves because I love it. And I think uh, as, a, as a couple, we've never really had necessarily like a connection through metal or anything like that. But it's definitely been something that she's grown to find an interest in because I have. We're at Audio Feed. You've got to call this a hometown show for you guys because you're just down the road from here. Yeah, yeah. I live about eight miles north of here. Um, Caleb, I think, lives even closer, maybe, you know, only six or seven. Um, Kenny's from around here. He's the guy filling in for us. Um, yeah, so the only person that this is a drive for was Todd. And uh, coincidentally, he's also the one not here. He's out for tonight. Yeah. Well, talking about that, let's talk about the members because the burial has gone through a ton of band member changes over the years. How much of a struggle is that for you as a band to keep generating music and keep your sound consistent? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, for us, it definitely wouldn't have been possible to do a band like we do it, you know, just 10, 20 years ago. Um, we're very reliant on the fact that we have technology and the internet in our composition because, you know, our older stuff, we would have all just gotten in a basement, cranked our instruments up, played, and whatever came out is what we had. Um, and that's how, you know, Lights and Perfections was written, all of the stuff previous to, to my membership in the band. But the last one we did in The Taking of Flesh, we did uh, much more compartmentalized. You know, I would write a majority of the framework, send it out to the guys. They would say, yay, nay, nix this, add this, and then come back, make the changes. And then, you know, never ever having met in one building to jam it out and we'd written an album. Yeah. But the actual album recording you did together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we did that up in uh, Saginaw, Michigan with our, our good friend Josh Schroeder. He did both of those two albums we've put out with Face Down so far. And uh, very likely, you know, when and if we do another, it, he'll be getting that one as well. Your previous album, you did on Sacrosanct too. Was, was that an actual label or was it a fantasy? Uh, it was kind of, it was one of those things. It was a small startup back when Cornerstone kind of had its heyday and Sacrosanct was one of those record labels that they weren't, you know, necessarily like big hitters. They weren't even it by Christian standards, you know, like Solid State or, you know, anything like that. But they offered a wider market, you know, for some of these bands that were up and comers. You know, they're playing on generator stages and that's all they could get. Then they got signed. Oh, hey, suddenly they get to play, you know, a seven o'clock show instead of a two in the afternoon show and things like that. So uh, some of it was a, a bit of a name push, you know, like just having someone willing to put their name on your record, I think helps a lot of younger bands get their start. And it definitely it definitely helped us. Uh, catch Jason's attention from Facedown. And this isn't a plug for Facedown, but I mean, that's the most significant label for metal. It's just crazy who's on that label. Oh yeah, anytime you can say X-Toll is on your label, I think you can say that you're the number one label in Christian metal, um, considering they're pretty much the number one band in Christian metal. <laughs> uh, at least in my opinion, you know, my, my humble opinion here, but 
uh, I don't know too many people that would disagree with me on that. With record labels, you often hear how many bands go through a horror story. But your experience has been good. Oh, yeah. Our experience has been phenomenal with uh, Jason. He's definitely the best guy in the industry. Um, every aspect of our, our working with him so far has been uh, absolutely awesome. Yeah, and a wonderful dude, just besides the point. You know, even if you took business out of the equation, he's a guy that you want to be friends with anyways. Let's talk about some of the music. When did the band form? I'm not even aware. Um, gosh. Way yeah, back. way back. I was probably like 13 when the band started, something like that. Uh, I know it was a long time ago. I, now you're 17. Yeah, I'm 17 now. No. <laughs> but, uh, I guess 2006 is the earliest I can remember knowing about the band. Because I remember going and seeing the burial before I was in it. Just being at Cornerstone and like hanging out and seeing them. Uh, in their original form, you know. Uh, so I think 2006, 2005 would have been about the beginning for Todd and the original lineup. Well, I guess I'm a bit of a latecomer because really the first time I was really aware of the burial was with um, Lights and Perfections. I mean, you know, especially the song Pearls, The Frailty of Matter. That's a killer song. Oh, thanks. So any thoughts on that album? Yeah, that album, um, it was actually the first one that I had any contribution to. It was... Uh, well, that's why I brought that one up. Oh, right. <laughs> well, thanks. But uh, it was a good place for me. I had never taken vocal duty upon myself. I, I played it in another band before The Burial called The Hill to Die Upon. And I played with those guys for three years, two years, something like that. And uh, I always just kind of did the backup thing. And then... When the Burial asked me to join on guitar, I was like, cool, start playing. And then they lost the vocalist. And they were like, well, hey, do you know anybody who can do that? And I was like, well, I can try. So for me, it was a kind of a shaping album. You know, I like, there's a lot of highs, there's a lot of lows on it for me musically. Listening back to it now, I'm like, oh, I would change this, I would change that. But I think every musician can look at their their catalog backwards and, and make those kind of changes. Well, let's talk about the newer album in the taking of flesh that album has all the current band members involved but what about it for the songwriting and development did things change at that point uh yeah i think songwriting was definitely a different experience with in the taking of flesh uh we kind of started we had this like nucleus of people still playing and when we first started writing it we actually still had our old bassist jake niece in the band and uh, then, you know, he was getting married and all that sort of stuff. He wanted to be home, so he went and moved home. And so when he moved that direction, we picked up Alex and just started writing. At that point, I didn't really want to, I didn't want to necessarily, like, rely on trying to hodgepodge pieces together because I felt like that was probably my hardest part with Lights and Perfections is some pieces felt forced, some pieces didn't, like, my favorite songs were either the ones that I wrote all of or Todd wrote all of. Because you know, they just seemed to make the most sense all the way through. And, uh, you know, at the end of it, we had all these songs. And, you know, I was like, hey, you guys put your input. And Todd was just like, no, man, like, I like it like it is. You know, I wouldn't change it. And so I'm like, okay. So we didn't set out thinking like, okay, Elisha, you write the whole album. But when we got done with it, we all just kind of agreed. We were like, well, let's do it as it is, you know. I think that changes the sound when one person then does all the writing. I think uh, I think it's a, almost a must in bands in our style. Like if 
I was to compare ourselves to other bands, it would be bands like um, The Faceless or Necrophages, the bands in that that vein anyways. Maybe we don't sound like them or Psychroptic. And those are all bands that you can list one member who writes all of the music. You know, Michael Keane from The Faceless writes all their music. Mohamed Sweekmez writes all the music for Necrophages, you know, and so on and so forth. And so I think it's a kind of a common trait with bands, more the technical vein, actually, to, to end up being a solidified piece from one member's mindset with the other people jumping on board, not just because they couldn't add anything, but because they knew there wasn't a need at that point, you know. Everybody always wants to say their current album is their best. Right. But in The Taking of Flesh, it got almost perfect reviews from everybody. Yeah, we were we were pretty glad with it. Uh, I was definitely very happy with the way it turned out. Musically, um, the two best songs like I think I've ever written in my life were part one and part two of In the Taking of Flesh. And uh, I, so I'm, I'm extremely proud of those two songs. We're actually we're pretty happy because we get to play both part one and part two tonight that uh we've never done that before so it's it's kind of a trip but <laughs> it's a you know it's like nine minutes of just straight like oh wait what riff were we on again but like queen actually doing bohemian rhapsody right exactly you know when you've got something that long i mean it's not long by hope for the dying standards or something like that but uh for us it, it's definitely a stretch to to make sure that we're locked in the whole time the opening track on In the Taking of Flesh is in Hakor, which means Fountain of the Crier. Would you say that song name could be used really to describe what the burial is all about? Yeah, I would say that's that's accurate. Um, obviously, that's from the where I read that was from the story of Samson. And, you know, he's out in the desert and he's like, I just killed all these guys with the jawbone. Like, am I now just going to die of thirst? And then, uh, you know, God springs up a fountain for him to drink from, and it was called En Hakore. And uh, the translation that I had said, the spring of him who called, which it's the same thing. It's just the semantic. But that was a much more poetic. Very much more poetic. So, so I was like, oh, I like that a lot. And uh, in reality, like you said, it is kind of, that's the, the voice of the burial, if you will. Like, that's, that's our sound. It's like, God is this spring, that the spring of him who called. Yeah. So what's next for the burial? What's the future plan? Besides keeping all of your band members intact. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's number one. That, that's number one because we like we like what we have right now. We like the we like the feel and the vibe. Um, we're definitely working on music right now. Our biggest thing is we don't want to rush it. Uh, the last couple albums, even though we really liked them, we felt rushed, and uh, so that's why I know a lot of people are like, "Hey, it's been since 2013." Like put something out but we just want to take our time and make sure that whatever it is that we put out is exactly what we wanted to put out you know there wasn't a hiccup here that we wish we could have had or you know things like that um and i know ideally you're not going to get everything you want but we just want to be mostly satisfied in what we put out you know what i mean uh we have realistic expectations but i think just giving ourselves a bigger window to work with will help us refine what we do because we do we actually play a lot of things live like little things that maybe people don't notice but we notice um, as musicians that we actually enjoy playing more the way we play them live um, Caleb changes a lot of the parts on Lights and Perfections because when he recorded that album he had only been in the band for two weeks oh, man. he literally learned and recorded that whole record inside of two weeks 
And uh, so he didn't have time really to sit there and develop like the parts that he wanted to develop. And that's something that we definitely wanted to to come up with for the next time and have that that wiggle room, if you will. I love these sound effects we're yeah. getting. It's like, that is really weird. What is that? <laughs> Give us the link for finding the burial online. Yeah, Facebook's uh, pretty much the, the primary way to reach us because MySpace died a couple of years ago. <laughs> Uh, Facebook.com slash the burial in. It kind of looks like the burial in, but it's just the burial in. That, or you can always go through uh, facedownrecords.com and they'll have all of our discography and stuff up there. Elijah, man, this has been great. Real treat. Love your band. Love the music. Thanks for coming on the antidote. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.